Welcome to the end of the third quarter of 2021. How has your past nine months been? What do you hope to achieve in the 92 days left before 22 begins? There's no need to answer right away, or at all. For now, it's time for another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a program intended to give you and everyone else a look into what's happening in local and regional government. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, the Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership gets updates, including information on grants for eviction prevention and affordable unit construction. Planning continues for a train station in Christiansburg at the future terminus of Amtrak's Northeast Regional Service, and the city's newest indoor pool will remain closed for the rest of the year. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, fall is here, but some days of summer heat may be in the days to come. Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round. LEAP offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. So, if you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. September ends with a downward trend away from the COVID surge that's overtaken Virginia and much of the country. Today, the 7-day percent positivity is down to 8.9, down from 10.3 on September 1st. The seven-day average for new cases has decreased to 2,828 a day. There have been 889 fatalities reported in Virginia since September 1st. The Blue Ridge Health District reports another 89 cases today, and the seven-day percent positivity has dropped to 6.8 percent in the district. Charlottesville's Smith Aquatic and Fitness Center will remain closed through the end of the year. Since opening in 2010, the facility has been plagued with ventilation problems, and work is finishing up on a renovation project with a $2.2 million cost. Here's a statement from Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders in a press release that went out on September 27th. Our goal is to provide a safe, healthy, and inviting aquatic environment for the community, and a safe work environment for our staff. Smith Aquatic and Fitness Center had been expected to close for repairs in the spring of 2020, but the pandemic shut down all parks and recreation facilities for the entire year. When they began to gradually reopen this spring, staffing shortages kept Honesty Pool in Mead Park closed for the entire summer. Smith is now expected to open on January 3rd. Work continues to build a train station in the New River Valley to be ready when the Amtrak Northeast Regional Service is expanded to that location in 2025. On Monday, the Montgomery County Board of Supervisors got a briefing on progress to form an authority to finance and construct the station. The New River Valley Regional Commission is hoping to create that body by the end of the year. In May, Governor Ralph Northam signed legislation allowing the formation of the authority. 
The group will work off of efforts to bring passenger rail back to Christiansburg, including a ridership study from 2016 that projects a ridership of 40000 a year. According to a presentation to the seven-member Montgomery Board of Supervisors, the MPO policy board for that area has selected a site near the Christiansburg Aquatic Center. Now the authority will work to convince localities in the region to chip in to the debt service to cover the cost of the station, estimated to cost four and a quarter million dollars. An Italian company that specializes in cured meats will set up its first operation in the United States, in Rockingham County. That's according to an economic development announcement from Governor Ralph Northam. Veronese Holding SPA expects to provide about 150 jobs over the next four years in that county's Innovation Village, a research and technology park. Here's a press release about a $3.8 million grant from the Commonwealth's Opportunity Fund. The company plans to explore the possibility of working with smaller Virginia farms for its American production needs. Veronese Holding had over 3.1 billion euros in sales in 2020 and 9,000 employees. As part of this deal, the company can get benefits through the Port of Virginia Economic and Infrastructure Development Zone grant program and tax credits through the Major Business Facility Job Program. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's second Substack-supported public service announcement, the Charlottesville Jazz Society at seavilljazz.org is dedicated to the promotion, preservation, and perpetuation of all that jazz. And there's no time like now to find a time to get out and watch people love to play. The Charlottesville Jazz Society keeps a running list of what's coming up at seavilljazz.org. And let's go ahead and throw in a third PSA to WTJU 91.1 FM and their Jazz Marathon, which kicks off on Monday. Uh, Go to WTJU.org and uh, select your journey, your jazz journey for all of next week. One more segment today. As the newly confirmed executive director of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission, one of Christine Jacobs' first jobs will be to secure the financial footing of a regional advisory body created a few years ago to encourage production of more residential units in the region. Here's a statement from the website for the Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership. Composed of an overarching consortium of housing interests, The partnership enhances regional coordination and effectiveness to address the housing needs of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District's region, with a focus on housing production, diversity, accessibility, cost, location, design, and increasing stability for the region's residents. One of the partnership's products so far is a regional housing plan called Planning for Affordability, which includes strategies for each of the six localities. For instance, Charlottesville's chapter echoes the affordable housing plan that was adopted by council in March of this year. At the partnership's meeting on September 22nd, Jacobs told the partnership's board members that a sustainable budget is required going forward. The fiscal year 22 budget has been reduced from 95,000 to 65,000. 
Originally, what we had is that the TJPDC would contribute from its per capita regional fund 25000 We would be asking an immediate one-time ask from the local governments at 28000 but prorated by per capita. We would be asking of you all partners within um, the CVRHP to contribute and then also seeking grants and scholarships. Jacobs said that asking local governments for funding outside of the normal budget cycle is atypical and unusual, and sometimes unwelcome. So the idea of asking for funding was dropped at this time. It is assuming that we will run a very lean FY22 year, focusing the majority of our energy and staff time on strategic planning. However, this is the beginning of the fiscal year 23 budget cycle for most localities, So this is a good time to make a request for ongoing funding. Jacobs is aiming for a $72,000 budget for the year that runs July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2023. Staff with the partnership are finalizing their work on implementing a $20,000 planning grant to help prevent or reduce evictions. Ian Baxter is the staff member for the Regional Housing Partnership. That's the Virginia Eviction Reduction Pilot Planning Grant. It's kind of a mouthful. Um, What we're doing right now is we are working with, we've contracted services from the UVA Equity Center to create a uh, comprehensive eviction uh, database to sort of determine where where evictions are happening and um, who's, which, you know, which property companies are are evicting the most people or bringing the most judgments um, or, I guess, cases. Baxter said the TJPDC will apply for a follow-up grant to implement some of the recommendations. In the meantime, some of the work involves the city of Charlottesville. We're working with the city of Charlottesville, who is donating some staff time um, to work through and doing some focus groups with tenants, uh, landlords, and uh, judges here in, here in the region, um, and really thinking about what uh, some of the best practices are in terms of reducing eviction in our region. Implementation could include stabilization services, rental assistance, financial counseling, or other ways to keep people in the homes that they are renting. Another grant the Regional Housing Partnership will administer is direct funding from Virginia Housing for actual construction of units. We ended up receiving $2 million to develop at least 20 units of affordable housing by, I believe, June 2023. Baxter said the process for how the choices will be made is still being developed, and a draft will be circulated by the end of October. There were other updates at the partnership, including one from Thomas Harrow, the executive director of the Thomas Jefferson Area Coalition for the Homeless. He said that while there are at least some more permanent shelters due to his agency's use of the Red Carpet Inn in Premier Circle, there are not enough as winter approaches. We're, we're trying to figure out how to get additional shelter capacity this winter. Um, so focusing on that with some community partners, trying to figure out the best way to, to bring that through. And as the partnership prepares a strategic plan, Haro said he would like to see language to ask developers to consider building units in new developments for homeless individuals. There are ways to incorporate units um, specifically designated for people experiencing homelessness, particularly chronically homeless or chronic homelessness. Um, And there's ways to make it really sustainable. It works. Data is really supportive if you have supportive services um, in the picture. And so, but without really specially holding those aside units for people experiencing homelessness, it, it is difficult for people to get into units. 
Albemarle Supervisor Diantha McKeel said she sees an opportunity in the strategic plan. If we could think about how we might better uh, communicate and educate the public about affordable housing and what it really means and what it is. Jesse Ferguson of the Nelson County Board of Supervisors agreed with McKeel and said it is time to stop demonizing those who are on government or philanthropic support. You have to start making these things personal. It's your neighbor. It's the guy at the grocery store. It's your police officer, actually. Um, it's you. People don't realize how personal this is. Ferguson also said he hopes that Nelson County will expand the number of homes by allowing more by-right residential development. The University of Virginia continues to work toward its goal of working with a private developer to build up to 1,500 affordable units on land that either UVA or the UVA Foundation owns. The company Northern Urban Real Estate Ventures has been hired to come up with a plan through their community engagement efforts. Colette Sheehy is UVA's Senior Vice President for Operations and State Government Relations. We continue to work with our consultant and try to offer some educational um, videos for the public. There are two of them up on our website. Sheehy shared one piece of feedback the consultant has received so far from members of the community. It's important to them that we consider the economic opportunity that a project like this would um, offer to the community and therefore try to use local uh, businesses, local contractors to the degree that that's possible. Sheehy said the idea had been to circulate a list of potential sites by the end of September, but they're not quite ready to do so. More on that in future installments of the show. And that's it for this now past installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Going out to you on September 30th, 2021, the end of the month and the fourth quarter beckons. What also beckons, of course, is uh, is uh, my bank account, uh, which would very much like it if there uh, was more support. And of course, I do, before I even go there, I would like to say that yesterday I spent about three hours writing personal thank yous to everybody who has made a contribution in September. I really do mean each and every word I say to you to thank for what you're doing. Uh, Your support is really helping me keep going. And if you haven't supported the program yet, at $5 a month or $50 a year or $200 a year, those are the subscription levels in Substack. You will have that amount matched by Ting, or Ting will match that amount from you, which is really great. It's kind of a mutual way of making sure that I can continue to do this labor uh, and to do this work um, as we go through all of these various things in our community. This is my life's work, and I really love doing it, and I really appreciate um, you know, being able to see that bank account uh, with positive numbers, not the negative ones, and certainly not Avogadro's number. Gosh. What about that guy? I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. I'll be back tomorrow or Saturday with another episode. Not quite sure yet. I have to go do a campaign forum now, and I have to catch the bus to get there, so I'd better get producing. Thanks again. Stay safe. See you next time. Bye.